freedom today, amen. Thank you, Lord, for that freedom. Oh, man, it feels so good to be free, amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for that freedom that we have, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Let there be freedom of where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for that freedom. Thank you, Lord. We get to come in here, Lord, and sing about it. As opposed to the times, Lord, where we couldn't even do anything about it. But we get to come in here and sing about our freedom, Lord. We sing it. Because from the darkness I called your name. And into darkness your mercy came. You called me out, lifted me up. How great is your love. Come on. You bore my weakness. You took my shame. Buried my burdens in fields of grace. You called me out. Lifted me up. Sing it. How great is your love. Oh, every voice. Come on. From the heights. From the heights of heaven, you step down to earth. In a sense, perfection, you gave your life for us. We are amazed. Oh, we stand in awe. Oh, we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great, how great. Like you 
continue to sing songs like this one. It said, Lord, our great and mighty Savior, there's no one higher than you. There's absolutely no one greater than you, Lord. And if we believe that today, you are here as a, you and I are here as a testament to the work that God is doing, the work that God wants to do out there as well. Can we give him thanks for that? On the way in, you picked up a communion cup. I want you to get that ready. We're about to partake in communion. and You're free to take your seats or you can stand whatever you'd like to do. But Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we, we can come before you. Lord, we sing it. Lord, as, as we sing our hearts out, Lord, as we worship you, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, in this moment of worship, Lord, in this act of worship, Lord, is communion to commemorate, Lord, the work that has been done on the cross, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the work that you did on the cross, Lord. You came down from heaven, Lord, stepped down into earth, Lord do the work, Lord, to pay my debt. And for that, I thank you, Lord. Lord, I, my gratitude, Lord, is one, Lord, that uh, I step into this place, Lord. And I move to tears, Lord, as I look into this congregation, Lord, so many similar stories. But Lord, thank you for the work of the cross. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the redemption for salvation Lord thank you for my salvation thank you for your word thank you Lord for being able to do this you know church in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 the word tells us that anyone who does who takes communion unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord this is why you should examine yourselves before eating the bread and drink in the cup for if you eat the bread and drink of the cup without honoring the body of Christ you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself so in this moment will you just you just take a moment just take a moment his disciples and he knew he was going to go to the cross as a reminder to them he let them know at any time that they would do this amen he said this is my body which is given for you 
do this in remembrance of me in the same way, amen? And he took the bread right now. Let's eat together, church, in remembrance. the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood to do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it let's drink of the cup together thank you heavenly father thank you heavenly father for the work of the cross Lord thank you for this act of communion Lord thank you that we can come together Lord thank you for the redemption of our sins Heavenly Father thank you Jesus church why don't we stand together continue to work doing not with just the communion that we just partook in but also the worship that we sing amen so we'll sing this together. Say, so there is no one higher. Why don't we sing that chorus together? Majestic in wonder, come on. Majestic in wonder, you reign in love forever. There's no one higher than you. Your beauty, your splendor, your glory knows no measure. There's no one higher than you. You are always with us. With us, gracious to forgive us by your power, we've been set free. Lord, we stand amazing in your presence. Come on, astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high and surrendered.
you and we stand amazed I know I'm amazed by your mercy and love that's made new every day I'm amazed by your grace and your forgiveness and the miracles that you have brought into each of our lives and for all of that Heavenly Father I stand in this place and give you praise I give you praise because you are the Almighty, because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Savior that provides, that gives, that heals, that loves, and that never lets us down. And we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done for us, for the miracles. When we think we're just lucky, but we know that it's because we have God Almighty on our side. Lord, today I pray for the people of this nation. I know we have this little game that's coming up this afternoon, and a lot of us like to go out and just enjoy, you know, some good food, some great commercials, and just get together with people we love. But this day also happens to be the day when there are the greatest number of domestic violence calls across the nation. And so today, right now in this place, Heavenly Father, we lift up this nation in this place, Lord, that you would be in the midst of all of those situations that you would be with the women and keep them safe, that you would be with the men and give them a cool head, Heavenly Father, so that today would be a unique day in a Super Bowl day, Heavenly Father, that it would not be a day when those domestic violence calls just overwhelm 911 and our, and our police men and our hospitals and, and the lives of the women, Heavenly Father, and men that are just impacted by domestic violence. Would you, Heavenly Father, just work a miracle in this place. And Lord, for all of the other families that are just getting together, I just I just thank you, Heavenly Father. We haven't been able to do things like that because of COVID, but we're so glad that you are in the midst of us even when we're just having fun, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. Lord, there are other people that have just needs in this place. They may need healing. They may need a financial miracle. Heavenly Father, I believe that we are not a lucky people. I believe that we are the people and the children, the sons and daughters of the Almighty. And then when we knock, you will answer. And when we seek, you will give. So right now for all of those people in this place who are seeking and who are knocking, Heavenly Father, for healing, for sanctification, for a miracle in their finances, for a car that will just actually start, Heavenly Father, for a job, for someone to be in their life, for a long lost loved one to give them a call. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bring a miracle in their life today. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Again, we stand amazed in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, and love. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. It's so good to see you in this place today. Church, would you just turn to someone and say, welcome to the house of God.
Our teams didn't make it, but that's all right. There's guacamole, right? Good morning, my family. Good morning. One can still dream. One can still <laughs> Some dreams dream. are bigger than others, Michael. That's right. I agree. <laughs> Just saying. Good morning, church. Hey, we want to welcome you into the house of the Lord uh, today, church. I know we, we love to have fun here at New Beginnings. Uh, that's one thing we absolutely love about our church. We absolutely love to have fun. Amen. We want to welcome you once again. I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And my name is Roxy de Santiago. It's my honor to be part of the worship team as well. Amen. Welcome. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, before we get started, thank you. Hey. <laughs> Do we have any first-time visitors today? I don't want to embarrass anybody, but we would love to welcome if we have any first-time visitors today. We, we just, no, they don't want to admit yeah. it. Amen. 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 First time welcome, visitors. We, welcome. Love, we have some visitors with us for the very first time. We love, uh, welcome. Uh, we love to connect with you. We would absolutely love, love, love to connect with you. Welcome in. Yeah. We also want to welcome those uh, watching from home, watching from afar in our live stream. Welcome to them, to them as well. I thought nobody was going to say hello because, you know, we're all wearing jerseys and they're like, <laughs> I don't know about that church. I don't know about that. Ah, imagine that. We can worship in our jerseys. Wow. Yeah, imagine that. Hey, church, a few things that we want to catch you up on. Right. Uh, we've got a couple of things that are going on this week, church. Uh, hey, you guys saw the canopy out front. You guys usually know that when the canopy is there is because our adult education courses are, are about to start. And that means that registration is open. And so what we want you guys to do is connect with the facilitators and instructors for those classes. And so in between service, uh, services today, you'll be able to be out there and connect with the facilitators like uh, A.J. Coley, who plays guitar out here as well. He's uh, a young adult leader, so he'll be able to facilitate. You can, get facilitate, you can meet the facilitators and instructors for our discipleship courses uh, and our re-engage instructors as well. Uh, we've been showing you uh, videos for the last couple of weeks about our re-engage, about re-engaging your marriage, um, our marriage courses that are going to be coming up for those that maybe need a little help in your marriage. And you know what? Maybe you don't need that extra help. Maybe you just said, maybe we just need some maintenance or maybe we just need some eye-opening things. I don't know. Maintenance. maintenance. Is that what you call it? Maintenance before that, you, before you, you need. You just never know. You just, you just, right? know. You just never know, right? Just change out the filter every That's now and right. then. It's always good. But. I encourage you, church, check it out. There's some awesome stuff for the adult education courses. It'd be awesome for you guys to be a part of that. Someone smarter than me once said that education is a lifelong endeavor, and I agree 100%. So jump into that class and see what you can learn. There's always something new to learn. Next thing we want you to know is um, child dedication. It's after second service today. Child dedication is where you bring your, Lord, your child before the Lord and you say, Heavenly Father, would you just... Bless my child. Would you guide him for the rest of his life? Very important step for them. Just just a, a way so that you can start their walk off in the right way. Now, they're little usually, so they don't usually understand. It's not like in other churches where we baptize the children when they're little. This is just dedicating them to the Lord, much like Hannah did to Samuel. She said, I'm going to bring my child to the Lord. That's what we're doing here as well. So we would love for you guys to participate in that as well. And church, we want to thank uh, our volunteers who uh, participated in this week's food distribution on Friday. We were able to distribute over 12,000 pounds of food. Can we celebrate uh, what you and I are doing? Amen. We do that once a month at, at the very least. And um, 
uh, it's just an amazing work that you and I get to do for this community. And so if you're a part of that, if you, if you are one of our volunteers, we say thank you, infinitely thank you for that. And continue to do that if you want to get involved. Um, if, you, if you would like to get involved in our food distribution or just get involved in any way here in New Beginnings, we encourage you to connect with us. There's a QR code on your screen and on the screen behind me. If you guys want to connect with us, I encourage our first-time visitors. If you want to scan that QR code and say, hey, I'm a first-time visitor, or if you say, hey, I want to volunteer, or I want to get involved, I want to volunteer at NBC, maybe you're saying, I want to get baptized. A baptism service is Sunday, uh, the 26th. last Sunday of this month, Sunday the 26th. Right. So if you would like to get baptized, we encourage you to do that as well. And if you want to do that, also, you can do that via our website and via our app. All you have to do is scan that QR code, connect with us. Maybe you just have a general question about uh, how something works in the office, or can I do this, or can I do that, or is there a class on be? this, mm-hmm. or is there a exactly. class on that? Is there? You can connect with us that way. Also, prayer requests. There's a way for you to enter your prayer request through that QR code. You can do it that way. And so we encourage you, please connect with us in, uh, through our app and just scanning that QR code is just so awesome. Church, all the things that we do here, including that 12,000 pounds of food delivery, which needed security guards to guide the, to protect the eggs That's this right. time around. That's right. But everything that we do here at, the, at this church at New Beginnings Church is all due to your faithful giving, and we just want to thank you for that. We have a lot of different programs that reach out. You'll find them on their website, all kinds of things that you can become involved in, but all of that is thanks to your faithful giving. We encourage you to continue to be faithful givers. Thank you for that. There are boxes at the entryways. There's also that QR code. I, I mean, if you don't know what a QR code is, you need to ask someone, probably your grandchild, to help you figure out how to work this QR code, but um, it really makes life easy for us. But thank you so much for your faithful giving. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, church. And with that, we want to turn over the pulpit to our speaker for the day, Brother David Sanchez. Will you welcome him to the pulpit? Thank you, church. Hey, good morning, family. Good morning. How are we doing this Super Bowl Sunday? Doing good? I'll be honest. I only know one of the teams, uh, Chiefs, and who else is playing? The Eagles? Okay. Oh, you guys are ready, ready, huh, man? I promise I'm trying my best to act like, I'm, like I know about football. That's part of my New Year's resolution. Next year, I got you guys, I promise. <laughs> but, oh, the, the, you, you guys going for the Chiefs? Is that what's happening? Oh, Chiefs? All right, let's go Chiefs. Cool. <laughs> going for Eagles? All right, all right. I'll, I'll be honest with you, church, though. I, all morning, all morning, I've been fighting this losing battle with tears, just because, man, when, when Pastor Mike and the gang do their thing up here every morning, they just do a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And so can we just, yeah, by all means, give credit where credit is due. And let's, I just want to really quickly, before we get any further, let's pray that the Holy Spirit continues moving today as, as it just did just a few moments ago. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time, God. I know this is a day in which many people are kind of already celebrating the Super Bowl, already getting ready for the big day, the big party, God. I thank you for those of us who decided to still make time to be here with your people, God. I pray, I pray a blessing over this time, over everybody watching in person and online, God. I pray you be with us. I pray you guide me. I pray that your spirit continue to move this morning. It's in your precious and holy name we pray, God. Amen and amen. 
All right, so how are we doing this morning, church? We doing good? Yeah? Sweet, sweet. I'm really excited to be here this morning. We've been in this series called Overcoming Dis... Or not, over, that's today's sermon title. We've been in this series called Rebuilding Your Future for the last seven weeks, man. And it's been amazing going through the book of Nehemiah and just seeing all these amazing treasures, all this amazing wisdom that God has here hidden for us in his word. And today specifically, we'll be... Uh, we'll be talking about what it means to overcome discouragement. We're talking about overcoming discouragement. We are at this moment right now kind of in culture, in the world, in time, whether you want to look at just culture or in politics or wherever in which it's easy to get discouraged. I mean, you ever watch the news, you know? It's just so easy to get discouraged everywhere we go. And so today we're going to stay in that book of Nehemiah as we've been in these last couple of weeks And we're going to talk about how can we overcome discouragement as Nehemiah did in this passage. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 6 through 12, he says, At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But then Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, and they were furious. They, made all pl- uh, they all made plans to come and to fight against Jerusalem, to throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them before and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. Now, if you remember kind of where we're at so far in the story in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah uh, is kind of in a privileged position in that he was a cupbearer of the king. Remember, normally uh, a person who is exiled and taken captive as a prisoner doesn't just get to hang out with a king all the time, right? Normally, they're like, I don't know, in prison. Uh, but <laughs> Nehemiah was, was blessed and highly favored in the sight of God and was able to come and be one of the king's advisors. He was a king's cupbearer, and he had favor in the sight of the king also. And he was uh, allowed, he was given permission and a blessing from the king to return back to Jerusalem, to his home to his home country, to his hometown, and to begin rebuilding the city walls. Uh, and, you know, we don't really live in walls, in, in cities that have big walls, but I can imagine there wouldn't be these little tiny three-foot-tall uh, walls that we got around our yards, you know. They, they were massive stone and brick and made out of so many massive materials. It was a large project. And, you know, at this time, it's kind of hard to just, you know, find people to complete such a big project. So Nehemiah was uh, having to go from person to person. Hey, can you help me? Hey, can you help me? And we talked about how he planned so so effectively. We talked about how he delegated. And here we are now in the story. And it's going well, except for the fact that people are not wanting it to go well. And Nehemiah is put in a position in which he has to learn to overcome this discouragement. And there's a few reasons that um, we get discouraged as people because, you know, not many of us are in this position where we're trying to build walls. And so here's a few reasons why we tend to get discouraged. Number one, when we're fatigued. In Nehemiah 4.10, uh, it says, 
In Nehemiah 4.10, it says the people of Judah began to complain. The workers were getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. They were fatigued. They were tired. The workers were getting tired. And in Deuteronomy 25 verses 17 through 18, it tells us another part of the story of the people of Israel when they were leaving Egypt for the first time. Remember, they, uh, that whole story with Moses, all of them, the Red Sea, they leave Egypt. And at one point, it says when they were exhausted and weary, they were struck down. Whenever we're fatigued, whenever we get tired, that's one of the things that brings us to a place of discouragement. Number two, whenever we're frustrated. And, and verse 10, it says there was so much rubble to be moved. Parents, y'all ever walk into the, the little hurricane of a mess that your kids made while you were gone? And you just look at the floor and you're like, there's just so much to be moved. That's frustrating, right? I know sometimes I walk into my own house and I'm like, wow, how did that happen, you know? It's frustrating and these things discourage us. Number three, also, when we fail, right? And Nehemiah 4.10, again, it says, we will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. They already felt like they were failing. They said, we will never be able to do this by ourselves. Have y'all ever felt defeated before you even got to the finish line? Have you ever felt like a failure before you even got to the end? That's where these people were at in the book of Nehemiah, when they've failed. And number four, when we're fearful, Verses 11 and 12 in Nehemiah chapter 4 say, Meanwhile, our enemies are saying, Before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and, and kill them and end the work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, They will come from all directions and attack us. Can you imagine you're just hanging out in Jerusalem? Somebody comes by and says, Hey, you know those walls that are broken down? Let's build it. I think that'd be a great project for us to do together. Get started, and then suddenly people are trying to kill you just because you're working on this project. That's discouraging. When your own life is on the line, that fear has a way of messing with us. That's discouraging. So what do we do? How can we overcome this discouragement? Because these four different elements of discouragement, the the fear, the frustration, the fatigue, the failure, they are things that we find in our lives all over the place. I always think about the story of when my mom first came to the U.S., my my father had just died. She had two little boys. I was one year old. My mom was three. She was not only frustrated, not only fatigued, but she was living in fear, and God sent her here instead of staying in Mexico, and he had his hand on that situation, and You know, thankfully, we made it out, and we're here doing great. We all have our little areas of life in which that fear keeps coming up, that failure. We keep sensing the failure. The the fatigue keeps coming up. I don't know why. I'm just always so tired. What do we do? Number one, uh, step number one to overcome discouragement, family. Mark chapter 20, or sorry, step number one, let's rest our bodies. Rest our bodies. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus says to them, Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not the people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. What does this have to do with rest? We've got to remember that at this time, family, Sabbath was an entire day where the people just did not work. It was typically on a Saturday, and what would happen is on that Friday night, you would gather everybody, you'd have a big meal, a big party, and then 
all day Saturday, you just be hanging out, munching on those leftovers, and you are just relaxing. And this was a mandate for the people of Israel for the longest time, and here's why. In Genesis, when God's creating everything, right? On the seventh day, what did God do? He rested, right? And then uh, flash forward to Moses, right? They're leaving Egypt, and they're now wandering through the wilderness, day and night being guided by a pillar of fire, right? They're leaving Egypt, and there's just so much to do. Can you imagine being in the wilderness, just walking, trying to get someplace in the middle of the desert? And God says, by the way, there's one, one of those days, every single week, you're not allowed to work. What do you mean we're not allowed to work? Like, there's so much to be done. We could die out here. That was God saying, I need you to trust me and take some rest. How many of us, we continue getting stressed out because we know our work is so important, our jobs are so important, we gotta do this, we gotta go do that, and we just don't know what to do if, if, if we stopped working, what would happen? Sometimes we need to trust God and allow our bodies to rest. This idea of Sabbath in the Old Testament was like an offering, it's a weekly offering where we get to say, God, I trust you so much that today I'm just gonna hang out with you and rest and be with you. And some scholars even call it practicing for heaven. This idea of just being with God and just resting in his love, resting in his kindness family. If, if Sabbath, if this idea of rest is not already part of the way you follow Jesus, then I would encourage you, if you want to overcome your discouragement in this season of life, rest your body. Find a way to fit Sabbath into your schedule. Some people can only do a half day of rest. That's fine. Just do it. Some people take a whole two or three days, like, if you can do it, hey, more power to you. <laughs> we need to rest our bodies to overcome discouragement. Number two, we need to reinforce our weaknesses. We need to reinforce our weaknesses. In Nehemiah 4.13, it says, so I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed people to stand guard by his families." Uh, by families, armed with swords, spears, and bows. Remember we talked about a few weeks ago the way Nehemiah groups people together by families. He's methodical in the way he's doing that. And that same sharp-minded guy is, is still using his brain to overcome discouragement. He is taking action to reinforce his weaknesses. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Like I said a few minutes ago, y'all ever see the news? There's just so much going on. And the, uh, one of the things I keep noticing on social media is everyone's saying like, hey, Jesus coming back? Sure feels like it. And so let's take action on our weak points. Let's, let's take action on Hebrews 10.25. Let us not neglect our meeting together, family. That's why we're here, Right? The, you know, the church is such an amazing, amazing community that I just wish there was more scholarly work on it so we could see the fact that when people here, when the people of God come together, we have a way of sharpening each other. That's why the word says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Family, we have each other. I shared earlier, you know, I'm, uh, me and my mom, uh, me and my mom, my sibling, we're, we're immigrants from Mexico, right? And we had to grow up here in the United States in poverty for the most part. So much was going on, and it was rough. And that's just one little detail y'all know about my life. I know there's plenty of us who have been in similar situations. We have each other. 
We have each other to get through this. As we reinforce our weaknesses, family, we've got to lean on the church. We've got to rely on each other. If you're watching online and you just haven't been here in a minute, I want to encourage you, swing by. It's a fantastic time. The hugs are so tender and sincere, and I love you guys so much. We need to reinforce our weaknesses together, church. Number three, change our focus onto God. When we're overcoming discouragement, we need to change our focus onto God. And Nehemiah 4.14 says, Then I looked over the situation, and I remembered the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Fight and, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, and your wives and your homes. He says, Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers. And we see this uh, little bit of Jesus having a conversation with his father in Matthew 26, 39. It says he went a little further and, and bowed his face on the ground praying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Right? Jesus was right here. This was at the, in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he got arrested, right? And we, we all know Jesus is fully God, fully human. Jesus knew he had to die on the cross, right? And he's sitting there and looking at this situation that's about to unfold, and he's saying, my father, if it is possible, would you please let this cup of suffering be taken away from me? But then he says, yeah, I want your will to be done. Not mine. Jesus said that. He refocused the attention on God. He put his focus back on God. Even though he himself was God, he still pointed up to the Father and saying, God, I know that here on this earth there are trials and tribulations. There is pain and suffering. But I serve the creator who is above all that, beyond all that, and can literally move the mountains. That is the God we serve. And when we fix our attention back onto God, we then can begin to overcome this discouragement. When, when my mom first got here to the United States, the number one thing she did was try to find a church because she knew she didn't have no family here in the U.S. She didn't hardly speak English at all, but she knew the church, the body of Christ, will take care of me. And that's exactly what happened. There were days, church, where... And of course, I don't remember this, but this is all my mom telling me this. We've been talking about it a lot lately. There were days where we'd pull up to church, and my mom just put the last diaper on me that she had. I was like two years old at the time, and no more diapers, no more money for diapers, don't know what to do. And my mom's just there crying out to God, oh, I don't know what to do in these situations. And then before we know it, we're pulling up to church, and some lady had happened to just buy the wrong size for her kids at Sam's Club, and y'all know how Sam's Club's got the big old box, and it just so happened to be my size, and they said, here you go, God bless you, and it's just a little thing, right, but the way that God moves, the way God cares, even about the little things, when you put your focus on him, when we say, I know I've got this going against me, I know that's not going in my favor, I know this is terrible, when we put our focus on him, amazing things happen, family, amazing things. And back to that scene of Jesus, he was 
Uh, one, one of the gospel narratives tell us he was literally sweating blood out of just stress and, and pain and just the frustration that comes there. And many of us have gotten to that point before. And there's this Psalm 119, verse 25. It says, I lie in dust. God, revive me by your word. That should be our, our mantra, if you would, our prayer. God, I lie in dust. Revive me, if you will. Point number four, we have to fight the discouragement. We have to remember God. Again, in Nehemiah 14, he looked at the situation, caused the nobles, and the rest of the people said to him, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who was great and glorious, and fight your brothers. Fight for your brothers, your sons, and your wives. And there's these verses in Isaiah 40, uh, verses 29 and 31. It says, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Can, can I get an amen, church? Come on. We have to remember and fight that discouragement through our remembrance of the God that we serve. We have to remember our God family. And this verse right here, I want to park here for just a little bit. Isaiah 40, verse 29, you notice, he says, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Don't weak people need strength, though? And don't powerless people need power? Why would God give power to the weak and strength to the powerless? I believe this is written in a way to tell you something, family. I believe this is written to tell you if right now you are weak, if right now you have no strength, if you're feeling weak, God has a way of blessing you in that and meeting you in that. And he fills you with this supernatural power that will then give you strength. Are you with me, family? If you are weak, if you are weary, many of us like quoting that verse uh, where Jesus says, come to me if you are weak or weary and I will give you rest. That's a God we serve, family. He gives strength to the powerless. If you are in a place right now, family, where maybe things aren't going good at work, you just feel powerless in your family. Why are my kids doing this? Why are my kids doing that? Why, why can't they just listen? Why can't these people at work just follow simple directions? Why can't, you know? <laughs> and you just feel powerless. There's a strength that we get from God there in our lack of power that allows us to then step into the power of the Holy Spirit family. If we trust our Lord with our powerlessness, with our weakness, it says they will, we will soar high on wings like eagles. We will, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Family, this is how we fight the discouragement. We've got to rest our bodies. Take that Sabbath rest. Find a way to just live with this attitude of God's presence lives with me now. I'm just always in awe of him. Step into that rest. Invite Christ into your rest. Number two, we need to reinforce our weaknesses. Take a look at your life, family. There's this quote that I, I believe it's by Plato. He says, the unexamined life is one not worth living. 
Uh, that's, that's a good one. That one hurts a little bit, right? The unexamined life is not worth living, family. We have to examine ourselves so that way we can know ourselves, so that way we can learn to, to reinforce our weaknesses. Or, uh, or I, I think about the prayer that John Calvin once said. He says, God, allow me to know myself as I know thee. Allow me to know me as I know myself, uh, as I know you. Allow me to know me as I know you, God. It's what he says. Uh, I, I'll never forget the day uh, my little sister Trinity, when they walked into my room, and we were just chatting about music and stuff. And then she goes, David, let me tell you something about you that you don't know about you. And I'm like, what's my little sister going to say about me that I don't know about me? Now, I'll be honest, this was, this was several years ago, and I don't remember what she said, but I remember thinking, how did I not know that about myself? We've all had those moments, right, where it's like suddenly a mirror is put in front of our face or I find what happens to me. You know, oftentimes our biggest frustrations with other people are just the very things that we do ourselves. We need to examine ourselves to reinforce our weaknesses. And again, recapping number three, change our focus on God. Keep that focus on him, family, that focus on him. We need to have our tunnel vision secured, walking straight, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil because God is with us. And remember the, to fight the discouragement. Remember the Lord. Remember to fight the discouragement. If, uh, I've been doing the Bible in the year. I don't know if anybody else is doing it. I know that's a really popular thing, especially earlier on in the year. I'll check, up, I'll check in again in like July, though, and see how we're all doing. Uh, <laughs> but I've been doing the Bible in the year, and I noticed something, family. There's a lot of rules in Deuteronomy <laughs> and Exodus, Leviticus. And very often God ends it with, I am the Lord your God that brought you out of Egypt. He's saying, remember, don't forget, don't lose sight. And these are things that I think about day and night, family, because I, all the time I, I come into a place where sometimes I'm working with the youth and it's like, oh, this kid just doesn't see it and my heart's broken or I just over the brokenness of what a kid's going through and I'm like, God, how, how can you still be good? Have you ever gotten there? And then God says, David, remember, fight this discouragement. And God reminds me, he is the God that brought me out of Mexico here into the United States, you know. I think about this all the time, fam. My, my, my mom, her first job here in the States, I think she was scrubbing toilets, just cleaning business, you know? And then she moved from small job to small job, just trying to make ends meet. You know, right now, my mom has a federal security clearance and a master's degree. Because she, number one, rested her body. She took care of herself. Number two, she reinforced her weaknesses. She was always having little Bible studies with me and my brother and my sisters trying to get us to understand this. Uh, number three, she was always getting our focus on God. Number four, she was always fighting that discouragement by remembering family. Remember what has God done in your life? How has God gotten you through? And just look around, family. There's walking testimony after walking testimony. We can fight that discouragement too Together, family. And now, as we begin to close, fam, I know, I know running a little bit early on time, that's fine. It means we can just hang out more and, get, and have more coffee and donuts. <laughs> but 
What I want to leave you with is this charge to remember. To remember what the Lord has done for you. To remember how you even got here. I mean, it feels like every person I chat with, at some point, something along the lines of, man, I could have died this one time in my life came up. There's many of us who say that. There's a reason you're here today, family. There's a reason you're sitting here at New Beginnings Church. There's a reason you're watching this online, live streaming it, whatever. It's because God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. And as we continue rebuilding our future, as we continue looking forward into 2023, as we continue to dream together as a church, we all need to remember what God has done for us because there is so much work to do, family. I just think about, you know, every time I I have a a serious one-on-one with one of the youth over in the youth department and I hear about some of the thoughts these kids are having, you know, they can carry some complex emotions with all the stuff they've been through and all the stuff they've been exposed to. I mean, we grew up in this era where the internet was not really regulated. And so just all kinds of stuff would come up and it was traumatizing for these kids. And there's just so much pain and brokenness in the world and family. I believe not just me, not just Pastor Mike, not just Pastor Richard, not just Sister Jessica, but you, us, all of us have a role to play in healing and restoring lives through the love of Jesus Christ by reaching up, by reaching in, by reaching out, family. If we remember how we got here, we can then begin to trust God to order our steps as we continue to move forward. So if you need prayer today, I wanna invite you to go ahead and come to the altar and we'll pray with you. Uh, But if not, family, I wanna go ahead and dismiss us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for who you are and what you're doing, God. I thank you because you are the God who sees us. You are the God who, you took the Israelites out of Egypt. You took me out of Mexico. You took us, some of us out of addiction, some of us out of homelessness, some of us out of so many other things. And I pray that as the discouragement comes, God, that you teach us to fight, that you teach us to overcome, and you teach us to remember how we got here, God. We would not be here if it weren't for your love revealed in Jesus Christ. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen, amen. Family, if you need prayer, altars are open. I'd, I'd love to pray with you. If not, I'll see you with the coffee and donuts here in a few.